Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Why does making friends as an adult feel so What hard? should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a foreign But that Why hookup was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in 5 years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Every Girl podcast. This is going to be a very fun episode today, you guys, because I have our lovely, beautiful podcast assistant, Emma, with me today, and we are going to be chatting about our favorite moments from the entire year, which is crazy for me to say that it's been a year of the Every Girl podcast, but it is currently this week our one-year anniversary of launching the Every Girl podcast. Emma, isn't it weird it's been a year? Like, it's it's so crazy. I remember on our launch day last year, like going to get my Starbucks. Remember I saved my Starbucks gift card from my first day for our launch day. <laughs> I have to do that again this oh my year. God. I've got to go. It's like your ceremonial Starbucks. It's wild to me. At the same time, it feels like we've been doing this forever. Like we've been putting our all yeah. into this podcast for 365 <laughs> days over that because we put you know, months into launching prior to the actual first episode came out. But I'm just like, you know, time sure does fly when you're having fun. Like it's just been wild how many guests to think that we've had, how many episodes went out, how many listeners we've connected with. Like it's been so special and so cool. So you guys, listeners out there, we decided it would be very fun and also very helpful if Emma and I kind of put together our favorite pieces of information, like the moments from episodes the past year that we loved and like stood out the most because we know these episodes, you guys, and (laughs) we know them well, (laughs) we know them well, we know them like the back of our freaking hand. And so like Em and I both have like a long list of different things that we've loved that have changed our lives. I mean, and I listen, everyone always gives me slack because I get so excited about episodes and I'm trying to be better. Emma knows I'm like trying really hard to not say like, I love that in every interview, but it's true guys. I only have on people that I'm obsessed with. So like it, it's, it sounds not true, but like, if you know my personality in person, as Emma can attest to, I get that excited about things. I'm trying to be cool on the podcast. So it doesn't come off so fake, but I just like, there's been so many guests that I'm really like, they'll say things that I will think about for a long time that actually impact the way that I'm thinking, the way that my daily life plays out, like truly, truly impacting me. So Em and I both wanted to share some of those things that really stood out to us and some of our favorite episodes. So especially if you guys are newer here, you can go back and listen to those or listening to this collection of our favorite moments will provide you a ton of inspiration like it's provided us. Yes, I can attest to that. It really is Josie's personality to just love, <laughs> love all of it. And like the, the fact that we talk about how much we love it after the guest 
pops off. And after the recording is done is very much like, I feel like that's proof that it's real. It's not fake. She does love all of it. (laughs) I know, which like, I get it. Like I'm trying really hard not to you guys. I'm trying hard not to say, I love that so much or that's such a great tip. Emma knows like I'm sitting back here holding my tongue when I'm interviewing right now because I want so bad to be so excited. We've had so many amazing conversations. And also I wanted to kind of share some updates with the podcast and exciting things we have coming up since it is our one-year anniversary. You guys, as Emma knows, (laughs) the podcast came here. We've done a lot of experimenting. We started this podcast knowing like very little. We did a ton of market research to try to figure out like, how do you record a podcast? What are the best questions to ask? Like we've literally started from scratch, which has been interesting because I've been at the Every Girl for seven years now. And when I joined the Every Girl, it was like a well-established media brand. And so to start this totally new branch has been very fun, challenging, amazing. But it was fun to like launch something that we like knew very little about. So for you guys listening who like gave so much feedback and insight and helped us grow and change, uh, we're all so appreciative. And I thank you guys so, so much. Um, so we have changed a lot in the past year and we are making a lot of plans to continue changing and continue growing to make this podcast even better, even more entertaining, more exciting for you guys. So one quick update I wanted to share because I feel like this has been a confusing part. Again, it's kind of like the, you know, we learned a lot along the way. Mm -hmm. We originally launched this podcast for those of you who've been here for the entire year. The OGs. The OGs listening. (laughs) We launched with myself and my co-host, Elena. We had two hosts. Um, Elena is the CEO of the Every Girl Media Group. We were on the first few episodes together. We've been on a few episodes since then, but we like very quickly just realized that interviewing with two people is kind of like difficult and we like really wanted it to feel more organic. And also like Elena is the HBIC. She is like the boss bitch CEO and this has become my obsession of life. Like I love podcasting. I love doing this. It is like the greatest love of my life. So I am the host of the Every Girl podcast. Um, it's not been officially like announced. <laughs> and you will continue to hear from Elena and other team members for the Every Girl Happy Hour episodes, just like you've heard from Emma and we'll continue to hear from Emma. But I will be your host on every single episode and doing all, if not most, of the interviews. And then a couple more exciting revamps is that we are doing a major rebranding. If you guys saw on the Instagram that we just did an exciting photo shoot so, so good. The pictures are so good. <laughs> Thank you. The red suit, wasn't it like the power move? I just feel like it's more like... It's, it's amazing. Every girl exciting, like badass. Also, I was thinking about it and I was like, it's very good that Josie has the red suit given like how much you talk about the cycle. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> she needed the red suit. <laughs> I'm obsessed with um, hormones and the period. So you're right, Eva. Now that you say that, the red suit really checks out. It's on brand for many reasons. Mm -hmm. So stay tuned for a lot of rebranding. It will be totally different than our branding has been for the past year, which is super exciting. And then we are going to be revamping some of the content that we're giving to you as well. We want to make it more entertaining and more helpful for you. So We will be hearing from you guys as listeners more. We'll have an Ask the Every Girl segment where you can send in your questions and 
We also will obviously continue to keep bringing on amazing and inspiring guests that we have every single week, but we'll be adding an even more of that fun chit chat. So you can feel more connected to us as a company, to me as a host. I really want you guys to feel like you're listening in with your best friends because those are, I think, what I like to listen to is when you connect with people more and you hear more real people talking. I hate the word real people though, because it's like, you know, who's not real? Like we're not robots. We're not interviewing mm-hmm. AI people. We're actually talking to real people, but you're not just hearing from experts and kind of like the top people in the industries. You're also hearing from the every girl. And I like to think that I'm very much the every girl because... I love a good budget. I like some balance. Emma's very much the every girl. She just graduated from college. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so you'll be hearing from a lot of different perspectives. Just stay tuned for a lot of exciting revamps and the podcast, all the things that you know and love about our amazing guests, amazing conversations will still be there with a lot of fun new segments and a fresh new facelift. And like I said, more advice for you guys as the audience. We want to hear from you. We want you to write in with questions. I'm also a health coach. I love to give advice. So we will be hearing more from you guys and answering more of your questions. Emma, let's go ahead and dive right in to what your favorite moment. And I know this is like, this for me was like choosing my favorite child. Oh yeah. It was so hard for me to narrow down. I actually had a list of like 15 that I had to like really cut in because we're not going to go on and on and on for like 10 hours. So I had to trim down my list, but I want to hear what your most memorable thing, the thing in over 50 episodes, 365 days, 52 weeks, what is the one thing that has stood out to you the most that you remember and took with you that you heard from a guest? Okay. So I think that the most impactful episode to me had to be Roxy Nafusi's manifestation episode. If you haven't listened to it, it is one of our ep- first episodes. It's actually, I believe it's our first episode from 2023. Yes. From um, January, in January. 3rd, I believe the date is, yes, the first of this year. Such an amazing episode. I had never heard of her before that. And I know that we were one of the first podcasts to sort of hop on the Roxy Nafusi train because I didn't really know who she was before that. And now she is everywhere. everywhere. And I just think that her advice is so real and tangible. I didn't really think much of manifestation before listening to that episode. And then seeing her like break it down like that was just so helpful for me. And then also like specific for me, I love that her first step is be clear in your vision because I'm 22 and (laughs) there's a lot of things in my life that I'm like not clear in my vision on and like that's okay. And that's how it should be, I think, at my age. Like I'm supposed to be learning a lot. There are definitely some things that I wanted to manifest. And I used her techniques for like, you know, working full-time at the Every Girl, which definitely happened. <laughs> Yay. Because um, here Emma is. Yeah. <laughs> and I was clear in my vision there, but there's a lot of other things in my life I have no idea about. So I love that that sort of takes away the pressure to be like constantly achieving because if you're not clear in your vision first, you can't manifest at all. Yes. Absolutely. And it's like the importance of knowing what you want and knowing why you want it. Like, I like how she talks about like, what's the feeling behind it? Like, not just like, 
I want this dream job or I want this dream relationship. Like why? And what does that look like? Like, do you want to wake up every single day feeling so happy to go to your job because you get to be creative or is it because, you know, you get affirmation, you feel important, you feel, you know, appreciated. Like what are those exact things? And like, I think that that clarity, I totally agree with you is like so beneficial as much as I love the TikTok girlies who are like, write down the affirmation and fold it on a piece of paper and sleep under the pillow. I'm not just running those methods because I'm sure, you know, there's, you know, there's things out there that work for everybody, but Roxy Nafusi is definitely not the person who's going to kind of give you that advice that doesn't feel tangible. Like she makes manifestation feel so real. So I completely agree with you that she like breaks it down into like, it's actually not some like magic woo woo crazy idea that it's like you're asking the universe and the universe is giving it to you. Like it's actually getting rid of the limiting beliefs, getting clear on what you want so that your actions every single day can be working towards the things that you actually want and that you are the one who's building the life that you feel happiest with. Our audience definitely loved it too. It is our still our highest performing, highest downloaded episode of all time of the entire year. So you guys obviously got a lot out of it too. I absolutely loved it. And I um, highly recommend it to anyone who's honestly to anyone. Everyone should just listen to that episode. I think even if you're not into manifestation yet, you might be. So yeah, it might be the thing that you hooked. Yeah. Josie, what is your top lesson you've learned from the podcast this this year? Stresses me out to pick the most. But I'm just going to go with because it's the easy transition. Actually, our second highest performing episode of all time was one of our very first interviews we ever did with Elisa VT, all about cycle syncing. So I'm going to talk about this for a second, just because it's an easy, if we want to go down the order of like what you guys as our audience is clearly loving, cycle syncing is definitely up there. I, even prior to interviewing Elisa, I had read her books and I did a lot of research on other people that spoke on hormonal health. And like I have gone through my my own healing journey to really transform my periods. I had, you know, awful periods for years of my life, was on prescription painkillers, oral birth control that still didn't help. I still had awful, awful periods. And I know a lot of women out there, like I've talked to so many women, I've worked with so many women who have really bad periods or who have PCOS, who have irregular periods. But even kind of like the period piece of it aside, Cycle syncing is something that is revolutionary to our modern wellness because we have been very programmed to think of ourselves as almost like a male body. Like we think of, you know, we should be doing the same thing every day, the same morning routine. We should, you know, intermittent fasting, HIIT workouts, keto diets, all of these things are centered towards men. And Elisa talks about in this episode how all of these studies, all these things that come to light of like, HIIT workouts are so good for you and intermittent fasting so good. A lot of those studies, if not all of them, are done on men, not on women. And it's so essential to listen to your body's infradian rhythm, which is basically like your reproductive system and how we are, our bodies are on a, you know, about 28 day cycle and that our bodies change every single day. The body needs different foods, different workouts different lifestyle changes every single day. So learning this information, I mean, I know I say it changed my life all the time, but this actually changed my life. It changed my periods. It changed the way that I am productive. It changed my work. It changed how I see my body, how I work out. 
I now am like so connected to my body. I know every single day what's going on, what my body needs. And so Elisa Viti's work is really transformative for a lot of people because she's making this concept of like, you should be doing something different for your body every single day. She makes it very comprehensible and easy to understand. And I know based on our reviews and the response from that episode, so many people agreed of like, holy mother of God, why did I not know this information when I was 12 and got my first period? You know, like I think so many women are going through this cycle sinking, hormone healing, awakening and being like, wait, what? We've lived 10, 15, 20, 30 years without this information, without this essential roadmap. So I got to say that this is one of my favorites. Also the um, Berry on Berry, she kind of covers like cycle syncing 2.0. That was back this February. So listen to those, both of those episodes. If you guys are interested in learning more about what I'm saying, Um, Elisa Vitti was our very first, I want to say, yeah, our first interview. So don't listen for my interview skills. I think since I have, (laughs) you know, hopefully improved those and hone those in. Elisa is like amazing tips and like how she explains cycle syncing. I think it's such a transformative episode that every woman in the world has got to listen to. Emma, what were your, because th- I'm like a big nerd on cycle syncing. I want to know what you thought of the episode. Oh, I, I agree. I definitely like, it was hard for me to not include this one because I knew you were going to include it in your top five. So I just let it be, but this is definitely another one of my favorites because yeah, my mind was so blown. I had never heard of cycle syncing or any of the infradian rhythm. I did not know what that was before listening to this episode. And yeah, my brain exploded. And I think even for me, like I don't geek out on cycle syncing as much as you do. I also like, as she says at the end of the episode, like if you are on hormonal birth control, like I have an IUD, I know that's the right choice for me right now. And I'm happy with that. But also just like knowing this and seeing how it exposes, like, like you said, how many of our systems are built around like a masculine, like I'm still on a 28 day cycle and I'm still living in this world that has been built on the singular day cycle of a man's hormones. And that's like an incredibly useful thing to know because it takes so much pressure off of like me as a female bodied person existing in the world to like perform like a man every day. 100%. I just think that it's super helpful for learning like a feminine way of looking at the world, mm-hmm. even more broadly, like cycle syncing almost aside. It's like changing our relationship with our bodies because for example, like something that I get still a lot from clients I work with as a health coach, I get all the time questions like, oh, I like don't feel like working out on my period. Like what can I do to be able to feel like I want to work out or to get more energy? Like people are like, because they're dying to be the same every day because we're so programmed to hear, eat more protein, eat less carbohydrates, less calories, work out more, intermittent fast, cardio, strength training. Like we're taught all these things, which like, yes, there's a time and a place for all of these things within our cycle, mm-hmm. but we should start prioritizing what the body actually needs, what our bodies as a female body actually needs to be our healthiest instead of standard of wellness that has very much ignored female bodies for a very long time. Besides the cycle sinking aspect of it alone, am I totally agree with you where it's like, 
it affirms our bodies instead of teaching us to like ignore our bodies and push through what our bodies are telling us. So I will tell my clients who are like, I don't have energy on my period. Like, how do I get more energy to want to work out? Your body is asking you for rest. We need to start glorifying rest and recovery the exact same way that we glorify working out because working out intensely can backfire at certain stages. Listening to our bodies is kind of like my big takeaway, whether people out there like are into cycle syncing or you know, you're on a birth control where you can't like cycle sync, it still is acknowledging the body to be able to change every day. It's still helpful. It's still like the mindset shift that our culture desperately needs. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think it's just, it's so useful to know as someone with female hormones, just the mindset of it is super revolutionary. uh, I think so. I will say, if the girlies listen to that episode, definitely send it to the men in your life and Emma, make sure they listen pet. to it. <laughs> great freaking pet. Because I mean, now my boyfriend knows because I will tell him every phase I'm in. And like for a while, I would like read to him what the phase means. So now he knows, like, oh God, I know you're a little moodier. It's the luteal phase. Like it's helpful for anyone in your life to understand your body and to respect that. And I think same thing with like friendships. Like it's been really helpful for me to be like, I'm saying no to plans literally because I'm in my late luteal phase and I don't want to do yeah. that. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are like, Josie, I would never tell my friend I'm in my luteal phase. I'm not going to hang out with you. And I get that, but it's still like, I think knowing how it can affect the way that you relate to other people. And so the people that in your life to be able to understand that can be transformative. Totally. I agree, Emma. Cycle syncing is a big one. (laughs) Emma, give me your next one because I feel like you got a wellness one on your list too. I do have a wellness one on my list. I don't know when Nicole Berry's episode was. I think it was April. March or April of this. Yeah, March or April of 2023. But hers really stood out to me because I think her approach to intuitive eating is just so incredible. And I loved what she said about like specifically spiritual hunger versus physical hunger and like how we need to notice our spiritual cravings and affirm them and like fulfill them in order to recognize what physical hunger is. I felt like that was so impactful. And it also resonated a lot with me personally, because there was definitely a time in my life around when I was like 19 or 20, when I was beginning college, when I just like was so like not into my life. It was right around COVID. It was not like a lit time for me. And I just did not have like hunger and fullness cues physically. And I was not in tune with my body in that way like at all. And it took me like looking into what I wanted in my life, like spiritually and like in terms of my personal goals and like who I wanted to surround myself with and what was making me feel fulfilled on a day-to-day basis for me to sort of gain those back. And so hearing her say that, being the expert that she is, was like very affirming for me. And I also think that in her episode, she talked a lot about um, food combining, which honestly sent up like major red flags for me because I had only known it on the internet as like, basically a lot of influencers like using it as an excuse to like not eat breakfast or to like not eat until noon, which is fine. Everyone's different. Like if 
but they were saying that other people should do that. And that was that, like, I'm not into that. So her approach of being like, no, no, this is actually just what makes me feel best throughout the day. It's not about limiting food. It's just, it's eating all the same food. And even like she eats a shit ton of like fruits, veggies, whole grains, protein, like she eats mm-hmm. a lot of food and she's, we'll tell you that, but it is, it's, it's adjusting the way in which you're combining the foods throughout the day to optimize digestion, which for her feels great. And Emma, I love that story. That's so cool that you had that experience with like the spiritual relating to your physical hunger. And I, for me, that was one of my favorite moments too from Nicole was her explaining how if we're only focusing on our physical bodies, we're missing such a huge piece of the puzzle. So it's cool to hear that you had your own experience with that. How did you heal your, that kind of issue? Like, was it just a matter of like looking into it? Oh my gosh. It was so messy because I was like 20 (laughs) years old. So it was like a disaster. It was like not like intentionally done or well thought out at all. I like burned a lot of bridges actually, but ended up with much more fulfilling and important relationships in their place. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily advise doing it the way I did it, which was sort of just like, oh my gosh, I hate everything in my life. So I'm just going to like sort of set everything on fire a little bit. But um, I think doing a life audit, I would say is probably a much more, I don't know, effective and healthy way to do it in terms of like seeing what fulfills you, reconnecting also with like your long-time dreams. Like I had been like wanting to write and do like blogging and stuff like that for so long. And then it had sort of, I had just sort of like forgotten about it. And then like reconnecting with that was like a huge thing for me. So yeah, it's all about things that have, you think have nothing to do with physical hunger. I think. That's such a cool and perfect example, Emma. And I think so many people, many of us have almost like feel out of control with eating. Like whether it's, you know, you just find yourself like mindlessly snacking a lot, whether it's kind of like you, I do this where I like have the meal in front of me and I just like shove it down and like don't even stop to mm-hmm. breathe for a second. Like I eat like I'm a baby dinosaur. I'm just like inhaling food. So like but like we all kind of have these experiences with food where we don't feel necessarily like in control or mindful about it. And like yes, there's a lot of reasons that that can be. My first thought is what are you trying to soothe? You know, like it's called comfort food for a reason because we're kind of comfortable talking about like protein, fats, carbohydrates, calories, like we're coming with there. But like, to me, that's like a very small piece of the puzzle. There's this idea of like, hunger is not a good thing. Hunger is the best freaking thing. And I always say, I hope that you're hungry in your whole life, every single day for food, for excitement, for joy, for love, for pleasure. Like, I hope that we all are hungry as hell every single day of our lives because our physical appetite and how hungry we are for food I think is directly related to our hunger for the rest of our lives, for pleasure, for joy, for opportunities, for fulfilling our dreams. You know, like I think that physical hunger and appetite is directly correlated. So when we try to suppress our hunger or ignore our hunger, like we are also subconsciously telling our our spirit, soul, our inner self, highest self, whatever you want to say, that it should not be hungry either, to be smaller, to be lesser than. Absolutely. This is reminding me of another kind of key moment that stood out to me. And it's also from one of our 
one of our earliest interviews, Dr. Adrian Udeem. She's a weight loss expert and a doctor that I'd worked with on articles before on the everygirl.com. Like I remember something she said on the episode was like, you have to love yourself in order to lose weight rather than lose weight in order to love yourself. And that really has stuck Mm. with me and has kind of transformed the way that I see like health in general. But I think that a lot of us fall into the trap of thinking, you know, once I lose 10 pounds, then I love myself. If I, you know, heal my acne, then I'll finally love myself and feel good about myself. That is just like not true. Then when we actually achieve that, we'll be focusing on the other things that we don't like ourselves. You know, we'll find that insecurity in other ways. So it's like coming from a place of I'm going to work on the love I have for myself first and then make decisions because I love my body. You know, I'm going to eat nourishing foods because I love my body, not because I hate my body and want to change it, but Mm -hmm. because I love my body as it is, I know it deserves only the best. I totally agree. And she also said like some really amazing things about social media consumption and like how that sort of ties into it, both sort of in terms of expectations and like you said, sort of like seeing our bodies for how they appear rather than like what they do for us. But also in terms of just like mindless scroll and like endless consumption of social media and what that can do for our hunger cues, like we were just talking about with Nicole Berry. I loved her thoughts on that. I think she had a really great perspective there. I feel like that theme of like self-love, even though it's like, I almost don't even like that term self-love because it's become like so cliched and so like, I don't know, just kind of like flippant. Mm -hmm. Whereas I really view self-love as that very deep acceptance, trust, connection to self. And we have that theme reappearing so much on the Evergirl. Like in my opinion, that's been like the main overarching theme. If we can like pinpoint the most common theme that we talk to with guests that we talk about, I think it comes down to that. Not like the fluffy self-love of like, get a face mask and like write some affirmations. It's like the deep, like what is your truest connection to yourself and how do you accept, cherish, love uh, that self? I think that that is the biggest overarching theme across the entire podcast that we've done so far. And I know one of both of our favorite episodes was Jamie Barron. And I, yeah. he has some really good input <laughs> on this. So tell me, Emma, from your perspective, like, what did you love about Jamie Varen? Yeah, let's talk about Jamie Varen. <laughs> First of all, Jamie has been popping off on threads. I'm obsessed with her no, threads. Not threads. That just semi-cortisol level through the roof. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Another social media, I can't do it. But go on. The Every Girl has been so good on threads. They've been has Jamie so Barron. good. So good. Claps to the social team. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, I I just loved her episode. I feel like she, I didn't write this down, but she had this one quote that just totally stuck with me that was like a lot of people who are sort of like motivating and like writers like herself on the internet sort of have this perspective like of like, oh, they were like born happy. And she was like, I wasn't born happy. I was born grumpy. And I had to like do these things to work to be happy. And most people have to work to do these things to be happy. And I just think that's so much more relatable than any other like inspirational content on the internet. (laughs) And I mean, also just her as like, she's an incredibly talented writer which is amazing to see. But my favorite part from her episode 
was specifically about marketing that like targets women and this idea that, you know, we're marketed things that target our insecurities, like face masks or like makeup or whatever things to sort of like make us believe we are lacking something and um, that we should like respond to that lack with consumption of like products basically at the same time though it's i love those things like i love my makeup and my stuff and like i love the girly things and like i think she highlighted a really great way to walk that line of being like okay i'm aware that i'm being marketed to like i know that xyz thing that is being sold to me like this instagram ad is trying to target an insecurity that I have. But at the same time, like I love the new Sable Lush that I just bought and I love my little poppy prebiotic soda and like stuff like that. That's It's okay to just like like those things. Like you shouldn't just be like beating yourself up for like liking girly things just because there's like a messed up marketing thing. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is like, what is the intention behind it? Like, for example, I think I even used this example in the episode of like, I am drinking a green juice right now. Am I drinking green juice? Because I really feel amazing when I drink a green juice. I have great digestion. I feel good. I feel like I'm doing something for my body. I'm like giving myself that little bit of joy. Or am I engaging in this green juice because someone on Instagram told me I should do it. And I was in my brain, subconsciously thinking, I don't feel good enough as I am. So I want to change myself. And like things like a green juice or a face mask or whatever it is, is going to change me, is going to make me feel worthy. Like, so I think it's not about the item itself. It's like getting honest with yourself on like, why are you engaging in these things? Same thing can go for a pair of like really expensive shoes that I just bought that I definitely did not need to buy. But I like, really, I actually thought about Jamie and I had the thought of like, am I going to buy these shoes? Because I will like feel so happy when I wear them because they feel so true to me. They like light me up. They excite me. I feel like my most confident Josie self when I'm wearing them. Or am I buying these shoes because I don't feel good enough as I am. And I feel like I need to be spending more and more money and need new and new things to feel better, to look better. You know, it's kind of like a difference of intention. It's not about the item. The other thing that I love from Jamie's episode is the idea of like, selfless being a good thing and that we use the term oh "Oh, she's so full of herself to be a bad thing but like when you really think about it like why like selfless literally means without self it means being separate from yourself I do not want to be selfless I want to be so full of myself that I know what I want that I don't sacrifice my happiness for the comfort of others that I you know can lead a big beautiful amazing life and like so adjusting where we're sacrificing ourselves and looking at that as heroic behavior and almost like flipping that script. Maybe the heroic behavior is not being a martyr, not sacrificing ourselves. Like I actually see this all the time, like Mother's Day. I thought about this because you saw so oh, this many this is a posts, huge thing, yeah. Right? And I know some people are talking about this on TikTok too. And I'm like, this is exactly what Jamie was saying. So many people on Mother's Day is like, she's the most selfless woman I know. And she, you know, thinks of her kids before she thinks of herself. And like, we say those things as, as though they're like the most heroic, amazing things. And like, it's true like that. I feel that way about my mom and I want to appreciate and, and like, don't want to diminish that quality for mothers out there, for people out there who do want to put other people first. But at the same time, when you're putting other people before yourself, 
what you're teaching other people is that they need to do the same thing. So when we want to give to other people, but we first make ourselves a priority and stop making like this selfless and this concept of like being confident in ourselves, loving ourselves as being like a bad thing, then we actually can have more energy, more potential to care for other people too. Yeah. I think that that is just such a a powerful thing to internalize. It's just like, as a woman, you probably will be called or think that you are selfish in certain scenarios in which you are actually just like being a normal human being and like looking out for yourself in this world and like chasing your goals. And I think that recognizing that that is like just like a shitty thing that happens in our society and that, yeah, holding up selflessness is not going to, you know, make you the happiest person in the world is just so important to realize. So she did such an amazing job of talking about that. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to say it, Emma. The last, the the kind of last like category, Emma, and I, cause I know we could go on and on about this, but I know that for you, as you've told me before, one of your favorites of all time was the likability trap with Alicia Menendez. Yes. So talk to me about this one. Like, why did you love this one so much? Cause I know that like, again and again, you always come back to this. Tell me and our audience what you loved about this one and what stood out to you. It's all about women and the work place and the challenges that we face in terms of needing to be liked basically, or needing to be perceived as likable and the sort of challenges that come with that in terms of, you know, being really motivated and that being seen as unlikable or sort of being more quiet and that also being perceived as unlikable, which I thought was Obviously, that is that is the likability trap. That is like a very important lesson to learn. And I also just loved how sort of towards the end of the episode, she got into like this idea of how part of getting rid of the likability trap means standing up for other women. She said like, in, if you're in a room of people where there's like power in the room, like say the name of a woman you admire and like this sort of, almost like the power of like mentorship in dissolving the likability trap. I think that's something we don't talk about enough. I think it's something that also specifically with women, like my generation sort of like skips out on a little bit. Like I've heard Elena talk about what it was like in like 2012 and how all these bloggers were like supporting each other on the internet and like, giving each other tips and like all of this stuff. And I feel like that's not really the case anymore. And it's something that I think we should be striving for in terms of supporting other women. Yeah, that episode was a very powerful one. And I think it gave vocabulary to what a lot of women, I would go so far as to say all of us have experience of not in their workplace. Like we are in an all female workplace, which is, I think the best thing ever. I can't even imagine like going to work and like working (laughs) at a man, like, what do you say to them? Never. But I digress. Never. <laughs> We're spoiled with all women. But whether it's your workplace or a group of friends or, you know, in your family, even like the likability trap comes up for all of us at some point where it's like, you're too bitchy or you're not assertive enough. Like there's, there's, it's hard to find an in-between because for women, you're put into different categories of like, 
are you nice and then you're not a good boss because you're not powerful, you're not a leader, or are you too much of a leader and so you're bitchy and mean and like all these comments mm-hmm. like it's the what was the, like Hillary Clinton got called like nasty woman or oh what, yeah right? I mean that, Hillary like, Clinton that's like the number one example I feel like of this yeah. phenomenon it has 100%, to be 100 where it's like I think and we can pinpoint like so many women I can pinpoint so many women that I looked at and thought like oh she's like really scary and intimidating and yeah like a little <laughs> totally bitchy. But when you think about it, a man doing the exact same things would not be called bitchy or intimidating, or they'd be called like badass and like a good leader, yeah, and exactly. Like all of these things. So, and I honestly, like for me, I I thought when I was kind of like preparing the interview with Alicia, I was like, oh, like this doesn't like super apply to me, but I'm like fascinated by this concept. But because I, you know, work for an all female company, and because I'm not like a a big bossy person, that people have looked at me and called me like bitchy before. But when I was talking to him, like this hits me so hard because I have even put myself in categories where I'm like, oh, I'm the nice one. So I'm not going to be the one to speak up and ask for a raise. I'm not going to be the one to, you know, cause any issue at work because I disagree with this. Like I've always put myself without realizing into the box. And the other episode that I loved was with Kendra Scott. Also a few months ago, she had a really interesting perspective on this too. For female leaders, she talks a lot about how we often think like, oh, in order to be a leader, we have to adapt more to the patriarchy. So we need to be a little bit more harsh, a little bit more like bossy to the point, you know, show less emotion. And Kendra Scott was saying, empathy, kindness, those are superpowers. Those are not things to suppress because they make you look weak. The business world should be made to be more matriarchal rather than thinking that we need to become more patriarchal in order to adapt to that society. You know, it's kind of like shifting maybe this patriarchal idea. We are valuing in business, bossiness, assertiveness, those qualities. Maybe it's focusing less on those are what make a good leader. And maybe we should be shifting the entire patriarchy on its head And maybe a matriarchal society would actually be better for business. You know, maybe leaders that are empathetic and kind and compassionate actually are better leaders than the ones who are assertive and bossy and like maybe there's a middle ground. But her whole thing was really powerful to me of like, you know, she doesn't want to become less of who she is. She doesn't want to become, quote, less like feminine. She wants to lean into the empathy. She wants to lean into the kindness. She wants to lean into the connection that she knows is her superpower as a woman. And that is what she says has gotten her company to be a billion dollar company. Yeah, I agree. And I think Kendra Scott is, yeah, such a perfect one to end on and like tie it all together. Because yeah, like you said, like this whole idea of making things more matriarchal, of like leaning into feminine strengths in the world, in a system that is based on male hormones, male, you know, ideologies, stuff like that. Like it all sort of ties together. And I think that, yeah, she, she did that so well in her episode. And I mean, also that was just like a crazy moment to sit in on. Like, I was like, oh my God, I'm on a phone call with Kendra Scott. Like, I'm an iconic. Emma, did you just go perfectly full circle and relate the cycle syncing to (laughs) I'm impressed. Listen, I tried my best. (laughs) (laughs) That like just right there sums up. Like, obviously we are called the every girl. Our mission is to 
make every woman feel inspired and have the tools to live their happiest, fullest, freaking best life. And not because you're not good enough as you already are, but because you deserve to feel even happier. You know, and it's like happiness is the goal, whether that's in your career, that's in your physical health, that's in your friendships, your relationships, your sex life. That is everything that we do on the Evergirl podcast is we are bringing you conversations and people that are giving you tools and tips to get to your happiest life, your very, very most full, beautiful, wonderful life. And I think that that's the perfect showcase of some of me and Emma's favorite takeaways. But we want to hear from you guys as well. So make sure to like DM us at the Evergirl podcast on Instagram, or you can write a review. We love to see the reviews on what are those episodes that have stood out to you in the past year. Thank you guys so much, our audience, for listening to every episode, for being here with me and Emma. It has been like truly one of the best years of my life because of this podcast and because of you guys as our listeners and feeling like I can connect and serve you guys is like really the greatest honor of my life. So thank you for listening week after week. Shout out to Emma, my right-hand man. Not a Jesse, I'm going to like cry. And I'm like, are we getting emotional? Okay. But thanks guys so much and tune in for all we have to come. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I know I sure did. If this episode gave you any value or you're liking the show in general, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really makes a huge difference for our show so we can keep growing and bringing the content that you love. If you want more info, you can find us at The Evergirl Podcast on Instagram or theevergirlpodcast.com. Talk to you next week. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.